What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some dungeons and dragons. Each week, we or a listener like you writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs and have some fun talking about them. I am one of your hosts, Ali Deitchman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right. So uh, let's let's dive on into it, shall we? Yeah, yeah we're, <laughs> we're back with an episode. We're diving into it. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, we're, this isn't a game. This isn't a skipped up week. We're here. We're back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been busy, listeners. It has. What a what a month. <laughs> yeah. Um. In case you didn't hear on the the games that we put up, uh, I am now the community manager for Idle Champions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a thing. Dusty told me that apparently there's an episode of Dungeon Driver where I said, Idle Champions, hire me. So it only took like three years for them to hear it. But <laughs> I, apparently I got in there. Um, but uh, yeah, so take things I say about Idle Champions with a grain of salt, I guess. Or, you know, disclaimer here that I have biases. Well, but, I, uh, I haven't been hired. So anything I say is from the bottom of my heart. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I want I want to put that in there real quick, not to pat myself on the back, but to be like, hey, if you have a problem with that, you know, just roll your eyes when I say things about Isle Champions, because it'll probably be more often because I think about it a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're mm -hmm. we're here to talk about uh, what are we, what would say in this clues, clues and lore. You know, one of your clues favorite and things, lore. Lore. Uh, and how you can bring that into your game. <laughs> yeah i'll find a shorter way to put that in the title listeners you already know what i put yeah um <laughs> yeah the, the, this is one that um i want to talk about for a while because it, it, i don't think it's one that actually gets talked about a lot and it's one that like hit me a couple months ago i'm like oh oh we should talk about that <laughs> yeah um because it's hard sometimes yeah, I was I was lamenting to you my troubles running uh, Waterdeep, not because mm -hmm. they're level seventeen and I'm running you know Waterdeep, not at a all. level one through five adventure. That's yep. not Couldn't, the problem. Couldn't be it. <laughs> the problem I'm having is sharing the lore behind the entire story within the adventure itself because I'm finding a lot that in this adventure book it actually doesn't give me advice on how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I think I'm gonna put down this kind of like blanket statement here at the beginning uh, to me this is heavily tied into improv mm -hmm. um, it, it it's every time that this has come up I've I've rarely been able to plot out this is where they find the thing yeah. <laughs> this is when they learn about X <laughs> um yeah. and been a lot more of oh this situation feels like a good time that i could do something here's how it happens yeah that's that's a great way to just sum it up because that's that's how i've been able to do it for my own personal like homebrewed lore about the faerun that my players play in just because like oh while you're here this is the yeah. perfect time for me to say this yeah. <laughs> or like you notice this person is doing this kind of thing and, mm -hmm. like they're picking up on things but um i've noticed in a lot of the adventure modules that they have like about four or five pages sometimes more in the beginning chapter like explaining what all the hullabaloo is about yeah 
but it doesn't exactly explain how to share that with your players or what amount to share with your players. Um, aside yeah. from like, here, read this paragraph to your players when you start playing. <laughs> yeah. The, and I mean, do not get me wrong. Uh, the the, the Watsy uh, pre-written campaigns are heavily guilty of this. Um, I'm also looking at you, Paizo. <laughs> um, like there's been several D and D adventures that I've been like, I have no idea how I'm going to get that information them. And so I probably won't. There, there's information that I've been given in Paizo pre-written campaigns. So I'm like, I don't need to know this. I'm the DM. I don't need to know this. <laughs> yeah. Or like I I've been a player and I've been through a dungeon. I'm like halfway through going, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> why is this room important? Is this room important or can I just skip mm -hmm. it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I do think that, <sighs> so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk back a little bit before I get yeah. to that. Essentially, like for me, the reason why, um, a lot of tabletop RPGs, I'm gonna start talking in more blanket terms there with that. Yeah. Like, more the reason why tabletop RPGs write it in that way where it's more of the DM learning the history, the lore, the story, and everything like that is because it would be extremely difficult for them to do it any other way. Because, uh, you know, going back to an old thing that I, uh, I've said is like, if you're plotting it out to that extent, you're outlining a novel. Mm -hmm. Like, the, I, I've seen... I have seen adventures written that have a hiccup where it's like there is this extremely plot heavy important note that is in this desk and they walked by the room and never went into it. Yeah. And you know, for for me when I when I see something like that I'm like that's going to be in any drawer that I want it to be. Oh, like yeah. just for one reason or another or on a guard or something like that. Like, I'm like, that's cute that you told me it's there. It's going to be wherever I want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that lends itself to the concept you're talking about earlier about with improv. Um, yeah. I wish in going like how things are formatted and how it would be much like you're writing a book. If they would outline like important items that need to show up at certain times. Yes. As opposed to saying this important item is in room yeah. 34D and it's hidden in the drawers, which has a lock behind it. And yeah. it's like, why would they go in that room? Um, how about no? A bullet point <laughs> saying, hey, this letter needs to be shown at some point in the dungeon. Yeah. You could either yeah. A, find it on a person if they're looting the body, B, be presented to it like a person is offering them it, or C, yeah. you do find it in a desk. <laughs> I, I do think that that sort of game design is kind of a leftover thing from a way that games were run for quite a long time where it was like, where like, you know, the DM would shrug and go, they missed it. Yeah. They don't get to know that. And for some things, that's totally fine. I've done that. I'll, I'll get into that later about, you know, things that I've decided to do that with. But for these big plot important things, because you can, and I'm not going to go into spoilers, listeners, calm down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you can in Dragon Heist, I shit you not, go through that entire game and have no clue what the villain's motivations are in any way, shape or form. Mm hmm. But there, there is there's... over 20 pages of motivation explanation uh -huh. for the DM to read. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like 
it's you, like I, I could totally see a group getting through that game and having no idea why somebody did something or why someone was where or anything like that. And I mean, I loved I love Waterdeep Dragon Heist. It's one of my favorite campaigns. It mm-hmm. is also for me one of the not as well formatted campaign books because of this uh reason um but in in a game like in a in a home game i i will do this um and uh um i will have lore written down about stuff that i'm doing in my own written campaign or something like that but m- most of the time it's not um it's not ever set up as like this is where they'll learn it this is where they'll do that I'm writing it down so that I know it and I can think about it and I can decide when and where it's going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's how they they want you to do the pre-written adventures. But then there's times where it's not. And then it's it's very confusing. Um, yeah. When it comes to the pre-written adventures, uh, if you've listened to this show before, you have an understanding that I don't necessarily prep that much. But if there's one thing that I have to prep, it's lore. It's having mm-hmm. an understanding, reading beforehand what this place actually is, who these people mm-hmm. actually are. So I have an understanding of where I can insert the important things. Mm-hmm. It's like the one thing I have to prep beforehand. Mm-hmm. Everything else I can do on the fly. But understanding motivations and why the players are there, that takes time to actually sit yeah. down and figure out. Yeah. And I mean, that that does kind of like make me want to go into a tangent about player motivation. And I, you know, I I am real quick. That is, that is a double edged sword. And by that, I mean, it is on both parties there. Um, because there, the DM needs to, in my opinion, again, I'm not the kind of person that says you should do this, you should do that, except for racism, bigotry, anything like that. Do not do that. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like for me, in my opinion, I think DMs need to divulge more than what quote unquote makes sense because I'm not playing in reality, I am playing a fantasy game. Yeah. Fantastical things happen. Plot stuff happens. You know, coincidences happen. That is actually one of my things. Like if I hear a DM say like, I don't deal with coincidences. I'm like, I'm just going to be over here Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, because coincidences do happen in reality, but they also happen in, in freaking fantasy. Like here's a good one. I remember at the end of Force Awakens, you can have your opinions or whatever you want about that movie, but specifically the end of the, the movie, they're fighting and, and the, the planet's breaking up and this giant fissure appears between them and separates them. Uh-huh. And I remember in the theater being going like, what? And then immediately, like in the next breath went, well, did you just want them to kill each other now and like not have two more movies? Like that's, yeah, that's how it needed to happen. Cause they weren't mm-hmm. going to stop. Otherwise the the plot happened, they stopped and then the rest of the story can happen. Um, I'm not saying do that. I mean, whatever do if you do, um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, players need to have motivation as well 
to want to know these things, to want to learn these things, which is one reason why I do push back against people who are like, I'm the lone wolf. I have the tragic backstory and I don't care about anyone but myself. And it's like, cool, but like, why are you doing anything then? Yeah. Like, why do you want to learn this? Why do you want to get through this dungeon? Why do you want to save these people or anything like that? Mm -hmm. um, because, I, like, there have been games that I have been in. I am not going to name names. Y'all are lovely people, and I love you all, and I will keep playing in your games. I'm not saying anything <laughs> bad. This is just me. Uh -huh. There have been games where I have legitimately sat there and gone, if this weren't a, if if this were like I'm sitting here at a table, this is my character, whatever. This dude wouldn't fucking be here. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, nope, there's no way through this. I'm out. I'm just going to leave because there's no I'm, I have not been given any contextual way of progressing or talking to this person or figuring out anything here. I, he would just leave. Yeah. But me being a player and me being motivated to get through this because I understand that it's plot and I understand that it's important to what's going on and pushing that character to go forward and do it. Because it's also a game, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. And so that's the same thing with like, you know, the, the uh, you know, any DM that's just like, oh, I don't believe in coincidences. Oh, you know, it's reality. It's like, well, if it were reality, I fucking wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that whole dungeon that you set up and got the Hydra and whatnot, I'd be like, mm, I don't want to see it. Yeah. My um, players have joked several times. It's like, you, you know, we have enough money that we can just retire. We don't have to keep mm -hmm. doing this. We could fuck mm -hmm. off, go live in the tower that was built for us, by the way, and just just live we don't have to do any yeah. of this and i'm like yeah you could or you could play the game They're like yeah we're gonna play the game though we want to yeah. we want to play the game <laughs> yeah um yeah so like that that for me is it, it it does come down to the 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 lore and whatnot because while i can have a want as a player or even as a dm for me to learn something or for my players to learn something, the other side also has to be reciprocal to that. Yeah. But I also have to present that I am interested or wanting to share that information. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I, I like, like, let's, let's make up a situation. Like, let's say that there is a grand library and I'm like in one of these books, there is the information that reveals all of the secrets to what is going on here. Ooh. I, as a player, am going to see that and go, um, I cast detect magic. Does <laughs> anything detect as magic? No, do not care. <laughs> <laughs> because you're in a, like, like, I don't know, like just actually something like that did happen recently. So Tom, if there was something vitally important in that room, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it, it's, it, if I don't have a clue as a player that there is something important in there, then I might, I'm probably not going to go look for it because I'm not there. I am not present. I am not visually seeing this outside of what is in my own head. And the DM can only control what's in my head to a certain degree through yeah. description. And so really the description is, is, is a key part of that as well. Yeah. I mean, because it's not just like in times of actively searching. It could also be in times when the players are busy 
And it's like, mm-hmm. well, there's this important thing that would have happened before this fight, but you already gave hints that there's a fight ahead and the players are busy trying to figure out how they can survive that fight. Their mind mm-hmm. is not in the exploration tier anymore. Yes. Their mindset is in the fight tier. And so they yes. want to figure out how to survive and how to strategize. And more often than not, how can we get past there or how can we win? They're not thinking, yeah. where am I going to look to help me learn why this is happening? <laughs> yeah. So like, that's one of the things as a DM that it's, it's, it's part of your responsibility to kind of gear, like shift their, their, their mind thread towards <laughs> mind thread it's like coming soon from chris yeah. angel yeah yeah you know like if if they're if <laughs> if they're <laughs> i'm just thinking of like charlie from it's always sunny with the pepe like red thread <laughs> thing if their thread just goes directly straight towards fight but there's yeah. an important bit in between there you got to figure out how to get that connection going yeah. you know mm-hmm. and that's that's part of your responsibility as the dm and uh the books don't necessarily help with that <laughs> No, no, they do not. <laughs> yeah, like they uh, that, present that, that one thing, but they don't tell you how to do it. That That is, for me, another thing against random boss encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, like Curse of Strahd. Like if you oh, if you go as rules, them. if you go as rules as written, you could go into Ravenloft and just not learn a fucking thing. Yeah. At all. Like, there's things y'all didn't see, but that's just because it wasn't important to our plot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so what 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 do you you usually do with these sort of things? So when I do have to prep in terms of like the lore of the place behind, I do showcase what I was talking about earlier. I make bullet points of like important things that they will need mm-hmm. to see. So that way, when an opportunity arises, or when one doesn't, I can present it to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna explain that real quick. So when an opportunity arises, I already that one's kind of more self-explanatory. Like when they're searching the room, they're like, okay, well, you actually found said lore thing here, and you could expose it for a little bit. You can explain why things are happening. An easy way to go about things. Just there you go. Um, when things don't present themselves then you can insert it into the situation. <laughs> like if they're in a dungeon and they need to figure out, well, like why are there so many people in this dungeon? Well, they're moving forward and then you can interrupt their stealthing by saying, you hear something down the hall. Nine out of 10 times, they're going to ask, ooh, stealth check, then perception. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then they stealth and they listen, they eavesdrop, and then you can insert the exposition there. <laughs> mm-hmm. They weren't even looking for it. You dropped it in their laps. And so having that bullet point list of like things they need to know for motivation reasons is really helpful when DMing because I'm still working on my plot uh, just skills (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and having just like those bullet points really help. Because more often than not, I will give them a thing to happen and then I'll be like, yeah, and they'll be like, that was cool what's next? And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, that's my usual solution is to either literally insert it whenever I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it tends to work. Uh, 
I, I've I've actually because we've been tossing this uh, topic around for a few days now. Um, I asked this about Spencer. I'm like, how am I doing with that? He's like, oh no, you do really well. I'm like, oh god, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's one of those things that you don't really. Uh, know if you're doing well or not until you ask mm-hmm. your players <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. every now and then check in on them out of character be like hey guys real quick do you know why you're here and if they say oh yeah, yeah and they give you this detailed explanation then you know you're on the right track if they say yeah. um i think we were hired to do this then you realize you gotta you gotta work on it a bit now, more <laughs> well here, i i will say this that is again to a street mm-hmm. that is also on the players yeah. Uh, I, I there was one time very uh, famously where I did get upset with my players because no one was actually playing paying attention to the plot and we had we had a a heart to heart real quick in the middle of a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's definitely a two way street. Yeah. It has it was it was never a problem after that. So um, communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like with with my stuff, it's. Like I, I, you know, I, I've said on here that most of the time I take these adventures and kind of do whatever I want with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm it's it's gonna be th- the same enough game that if my players talk to other players who have played these pre-written ones, they know what each other are talking about and they can you know have a conversation about it. that. That's always my dream. Yeah genuinely with running these pre-written adventures that is my dream of like you know my players meeting some other group and talking to them about the thing and being like oh man what'd you do here oh that's so cool i that's that 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 for me i i think that's cool um but i where information comes from uh if it makes enough sense in my head and it's in the moment i'll just go with it yeah um and like we, we talked beforehand, listen, we're not we're not going to give any spoilers on these because obviously this is kind of like a heavy thing with it because we both run pre-written adventures. But there have been times where uh, I, I, I've run other things and it's my own stuff. Um, I will actually. So uh, this is a weird time to announce we're doing one shots coming up. <laughs> yes, uh, I should have probably put this at the beginning of the, the episode. But, yeah, we're working on some one shots with some really cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I recorded mine recently. And um, I will give you a little bit of insight in it without without too many too many spoilers, so you can still listen to it and enjoy it. Though I, even if I did spoil the entire thing for you, I would tell you to listen because it's one of the funniest things I think I've ever done. <laughs> um, but so okay, I've been really busy and everything like that. I got to work on this adventure in in spurts and everything like that. And full disclosure, the beginning part of it. I messed up on wording of things and it sounded worse than what I had wanted it to be. Mm. And uh, it took me, it it took me until like the end of it to be like, Oh, okay, this I'm going to fix up what I said with this stuff and everything like that. And so I get it jumbled in my head and instead of like, you know, backtracking or anything like that, I find ways to correct it, to retcon it or something like that. But there's also times where I have something written down and I have not put away for me to put it in the plot. <laughs> um, and so in, in this one shot, yeah. um, there, there is a part where they learn information because of a note that is on 
someone they fought. And that was not written down. That was completely off the cuff. But what I did during it, and when, when you all listen to it, I the way I described the note was important. I, I was still dropping hints about stuff that doesn't actually even come up into the game, but is important to what is actually going on there. So I instead of it just being like, there's a there's a, a, a note that is taped to this uh, bad guy's uh, chest that says uh, cigarettes, <laughs> two gallons of milk. Here is the entire plot of what's going on. Um, <laughs> Read me. It's yeah. It was it was me going like, oh, they don't have any way of of knowing this. I need to get this information to them. But I I also want to hint at something at the same time, and I think that is kind of an important thing for me. Is I don't want to just give them straight out the information. If I do give them something that is just straight out the information, I'm going to give them something else that is mysterious about it. Um, like they'll like you know. Oh, let's, let's just make something up. It's like oh, they found out that this person is a vampire, but uh, through finding that out, you know, the person they found out the information from is like, I'm not telling you how I know this. <laughs> and I might not in that moment know why they know that information, but I am setting down as a hard point fact. This person knew that information and knows it for a bad reason. And then I will later figure out what that is. So that's that's building as I'm going. And that's my favorite thing, by the way, just a little side note. My favorite mm -hmm. exposition note is uh, allies um, mm -hmm. gathering information. Like, my favorite thing that my players do is gather information from, like, 10 different sources that they'll eventually yeah. get a complete picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I love this. <laughs> um, I, I This is going to sound like a weird one. Um, Scooby-Doo wrap-up. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I've used it a few times, and it's been fine because, uh, I, I again, not going to spoil what it is, but in, in Water Dragon Heist, there were things about the villain that they could not have known and so i had it like a day later where someone came to them and like oh it turned out it was this and this and that and they and they all went oh oh okay this makes so much more sense now mm -hmm. um so i i think that's a fine one to do as long as it's not every time <laughs> i've literally done that before in my home game in neverwinter um, they just took down Razad, who was, you know, uh, utilizing the spell plague for his own mm -hmm. devious means. And they took him out. They took down the tower and they're like, well, we need to rest. And so they did. Roland got the spell plague and they're just like, you know, relaxing. And it wasn't until like the next couple of days where I'm like, yeah, um, Roland, your advisor, because at the time, like to level up, you had like someone who taught you like a teacher um, and like, yeah, your teacher is actually busy cleaning up the tower. Mm -hmm. And he came by the next day saying, yeah, so we found all these things and we even found remnants of his journal and he passed it on to Roland. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this helped explain a lot of things. But like after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with information after the fact. Um, I mean, 
there's even plot points in pre-written adventures where it's just like, oh, and then, you know, in the next room they find the journal and in the journal it tells them everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so so I, I, I was kind of hinting at this earlier, but like I do have in my head like things that need to be said and things that can just, you know, flutter away. Um, <laughs> and there's there's whole plot threads that I have that are like that that I just kind of drop in and if they encounter it they do and if they don't they don't um there's a situation in the one shot where there is a thing that I put in a room and I knew it was there and if something somehow interacted with it it happened and it did. <laughs> um, like, um, th- here, 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 here's here's a good one. And and I know some of my, my players listen to this, but uh, I I don't I don't care if you hear this because you you missed it. Uh, <laughs> my again, my my whole thing is you know plot lines going in and out of uh, stuff, campaigns connecting and everything like that. There was actually in uh, Avernus. Uh, there was a connection to Dragon Heist in um, the uh, Traveling Merchant Place. Mm. And one of the players actually bumped into a major villain from that, along with a character who the the rest of the party knew, (laughs) but they didn't. And because they were the only one that went in, I still had it happen, but it was, they didn't know who it was or anything. So they just kept going. But if like legitimately, like I just, I put on the paper, these two people are at, are in the the dining room. And it, there's, there's several characters that if they had gone in there and seen the person, a fight might've broken out and it would have completely changed how that entire scene went, but they decided on their own that this person was going to go in by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so none of that happened. I still have it there in case that ever, that situation ever comes up in, in conversation later. It's like, Oh, you were there. I remember you. Um, so that like, that's information that I have. And it's still building something because, like I said, those two could show up later down the road. And I know that. They don't. Well, now they do if they listen to this. But they don't know who. <laughs> um, and that that's stuff that I'm going to keep in the back of my head. Um, and it's also one that I'm okay with not revealing in the moment. Um like I, I left a really big clue with what they with like what the person who bumped into them had that I, I think would stand out to them later. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, <laughs> uh, God, I can't I can't tell that one. That's a big spoiler for for uh, uh, Wire Deep Dragon Heights. There is a thing that one of my players has that they don't know is actually from an extremely famous D&D Faerun character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, like, they never found out that it was them the whole time, and they got a thing from them, and they use it all the time. 
<laughs> they oh have God. no idea <laughs> that that's actually from this person. And I love that. Um, so that like that sort of lore stuff is okay to just, you know, flitter over it. I, I like that as a DM knowing these things and like chuckling to myself every time that thing comes up. An, or I saw what I did there kind of moment. Yeah, it's a nice little Easter egg for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because I gotta be entertained too. I'm, I'm you're playing actually, as well. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I do that crap as player, as being a player too. <laughs> I'm like, no, that was for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when it when it comes to the big, heavy, important plot stuff, it I I will change whatever I need to. I will change a, a character's persona. I will change what is on them anything i can if it's in the moment feels right to do and and there are some times where like um actually that same scene in descent into avernus and again it's not spoilers for descent into avernus because it was very my plot heavy <laughs> um i had uh one of the book characters who's pretty pretty integral to one of the plot lines and his scene was coming up and i essentially wrote down he knows this about Cesar. And I wrote down every single thing that he knows. And I think Cesar learned two of the things mm -hmm. because of stuff that happened the way that the way that the conversation went. And is Cesar the one that lost his memory or no, that that was Herc. Herc. Okay. Uh, yeah, Herc lost his memory, um, but he was an NPC at the time. No, uh, Cesar was the one who turned out to be the 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 grandbaby of Asmodeus. That's uh, right. that's yeah. that's correct. <laughs> well, see, that was a that was a thing. I actually had it written down that this character knew that, mm -hmm. and if conversation had gone in a certain way, he might have revealed that then. Instead, it happened way later at a much more climactic scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, when, when I, I even in those situations, though, I try to give hints that they know something, that mm -hmm. something isn't right. Because the thing that I have found, um, I mean, um, you, you, you weren't here, but the, the one that B. Dave was on um for, for motherlands we're talking about like how he sets up a game and stuff like that and he said that he structured it structures them like tv episodes yeah and that's and that honestly that change of thinking because i did that a long time ago when we switched to the two-hour sessions because that's essentially what it w ended up being that change of idea of it being a tv episode and this information has to get out in this session and 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 doing that and finding ways to do it, progressing the plot, always progressing the plot, really helped move the story. And and because I was doing it in those those TV show ways of leaving mysteries, it got, it made the players want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's <laughs> that's a great proponent though is progressing the plot because uh, like. I've said it before, like, I would love to sit in on one of those. Uh, yeah, we got to get you in on one of those. Just to, not even I don't even need to play. I, I just want to listen because <laughs> like there's been a lot of times in one of our weekly games, especially now that we've cut them short now. Uh, I think we're only playing like two or three hours now. 
um, mm-hmm. where we don't really get anything done. And it feels like, well, we kind of just sat there for two hours and we didn't do too much. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, but it set us up for the next one. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but imagine if you just did that really quick. And yeah. if you just got to the next quote one in the same quote episode, you know, <laughs> in the same session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, that would be, I think, a lot more interesting uh, plot-wise <laughs> for I, the players and the DM. I mean, this isn't this isn't a conversation that we've actually gotten to have because we keep getting distracted from it, and I'm totally willing to have a mini version of it here. Um, the, the, I think, like, the big thing is, is that, um, like a TV episode, I cut out the stuff that isn't important. And by cut out, I mean not role-play it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if players are like, I need to like get, I I need to do shopping. I'm like, do it. Purchase it. Yeah. (laughs) You have the funds. (laughs) If if they want to role play it, I will do it very quickly and uh, have a character that just shows up, does the thing and, uh, they can have a little moment or something like that, but it's, it's very fast. It's not, uh, it's usually like, what do you want? What do you need? Uh, here's the place that you can get it from. This is how much it is. You can't get it. Okay. And, I, and I'll try to do something funny or <laughs> serious or something like that to just have it go forward. Um, so that, that was one thing that really helped with that is knowing is figuring out which, which scenes are good to like, essentially thinking about like what, what's good to have on screen. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, uh, like you're watching an episode of like a CW show, like Supernatural, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And they have now the B roll, which is like them traveling, which is them every oh, now yeah. and then they are traveling, and it's usually at night, and it's usually them just that same shot that is literally in every single episode of them in the car, and they talk for like yeah. a minute and a half. Yeah, that can happen. And how you do that in D and D is just asking: Is there anything you guys would like to talk about while you're while you're on the road? And if someone says, yeah, actually, then you have that moment, that snapshot outside of that travel. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're stopping travel. It doesn't mean that you didn't travel. It means that you're just this just happened while you were getting from point A to point B. I I could actually I could actually tie this into the the current topic. mm -hmm. I fucking hate travel uh, <laughs> like i it is one like we talked about this on uh, when we bring up tomb of annihilation and stuff like that travel is it, it is plot killer because and, and and what i mean by that is like if you just have a random encounter with something one if it's something too cool that's not connected to the plot guess where your players now want to go and figure out that's what, like I used to just drop cool creatures that I wanted into like no no joke. There was a adventure I ran that was about trolls and on their travel there I dropped oni on them. Ooh. <laughs> and everyone was like the fuck are oni doing here? Yeah. <laughs> we need to figure this out and I'm like fuck no, can you just go to the I don't have, I just put yeah. it there cuz they were can you just go yeah and so so like um what what i will do with travel is um i word vomit a bit like i get real flowery with my language and everything Mm -hmm. and i ask them do you all do anything while you are traveling Mm -hmm. 
Is there any conversations you would like to have? Any things you need to discuss, go over or whatnot? And so many good scenes have come out of that just yeah. by me asking that question. <laughs> and uh, just as an overall, like a tip as you would have it. Uh, <laughs> if your party members don't say, oh yeah, we chat with each other. If those role-playing moments don't happen at the same time, don't assume that they're not happening in game. Yeah. Like, don't assume like you guys have been traveling on the road for a month and you guys didn't role play anything. So therefore you're still strangers when you get to the next town. It's like, no, <laughs> you could assume they know yeah. each other pretty well by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Like, like, uh, you know, especially it's like you guys have been traveling for for four, ten days. And then they're like, well, you guys didn't talk about that. It's like we had fucking 40 days. <laughs> we had Someone time. said something. Um, <laughs> but but tying this back to the thing is most of the time, if I do have an encounter happen during travel, it is important to the yeah. plot. Like um, Curse of Strahd. Every, with the exception of one, and it was just because it was real creepy and I wanted to set the whole spooky vibe. So it did kind of have a reason. The, the <laughs> was it the gallows and the skeletons? No, that was actually in the book. Oh. Um, no, it was the it was the dead girl in in the waterfall oh, with the hair yeah. that like came. I just I did that one literally just make shit creepy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the, that was the whole point of that one, and it and I feel like it worked. Yeah, but like later on. You guys had a random encounter with druids and uh, uh, twig blights. And then you were like, well, that was real fucking weird. And then you went on and did your thing. And then like five sessions later, you're like, oh, shit, there's a whole bunch of fucking druids and twig blights over here screwing shit up. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was important to the plot it seemed like it was just a random encounter of spellcasters and their minions but it was no these these people were roaming yeah and i and i laid down that that was a thing before you even got there can i can i get into like a, a spoilers light section for a couple books here just so if you're listening you can skip ahead like 20 seconds wh 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 which books uh two of annihilation and storm king's thunder Okay, if you care at all about those, skip ahead, uh, what would we say, like three minutes? Uh, not really even that long. Okay. <laughs> so there's a few select random encounters in both of those books. There's a ton of random encounters in both of those books. I will say that because th those two yes. books alone are huge for travel. Tomb of Annihilation has the biggest random encounter table I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and the Storm King's Thunder book literally takes place across the entirety of the northern Sword Coast. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they have, like, random encounters for, like, every single place you go to. And mm -hmm. the key thing you want to do is to not actually make them random. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, if you're in Tomb of Annihilation and you're getting closer to the actual tomb itself... Have those zombies with the upside down triangle on their forehead pop yeah. up. Have yeah. like a person, uh, a what was it, a tabaxi bard, like tell them about how I saw someone get eaten. <laughs> yeah. Like explain what they've seen. Like have witnesses that would will help spur the plot along. In Storm King's Thunder, there's an entire random encounter of a fire giant mining up a hunk of adamantine for the titan oh yeah yeah my players because i chose to came across that and they're like what the fuck are these people doing because it's <laughs> like they're just in the middle of the snow 
at the base of a dragon-infested mountain <laughs> mining something. And they're like, well, this is interesting. And if they hadn't found that, and if they hadn't found the rod which helped them search for more adamantine, it would have really made them really confused about why the fire giants are doing what they're doing. Yeah. And it helped the bring in lore reasons because of this, quote, random encounter they had. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, here, here's one from Starting Sunder, a uh, person that fast forward. If you're still, uh, if you're thinking that this is the good place, <laughs> skip ahead again. Um, <laughs> there's a random encounter table um, and uh, one of them is like a green dragon that attacks them. And then another one's like a silver dragon that's actually pretty chill. Mm-hmm. I want. I was like, okay. I know I want to have the silver dragon happen on their way out because I want the, to give them information and to possibly be an ally. Um. So on the way in, they're gonna get attacked by the green dragon again. Seems like a random encounter, but now they know that there are dragons in this mountain in these mountains. Mm -hmm. And then on the way out, they see the other dragon, and they're like, "Oh shit! Should we trust this?" Oh! Yeah. And it added more tension to it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, that's one of those things where you can use the random encounter tables to figure out what you can actually add into your game and yeah. a way to make traveling actually uh, more than just a game mechanic. Because I yeah. know it's one of the three tiers of D&D is like, you know, the exploration tier. But it's like it just becomes the exploration tier just becomes a matter of game mechanics and less actual role play. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you really sit down in the nitty gritty of it, it's all just mechanics. If you've ever ran to have Annihilation and they told you, here's the weather table, you have to roll oh. it three times in one day for four different parts oh, of the day, no. which is, by the way, the weather itself, which is broken up into three different spots. So yeah. you have to roll for one day nine times. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like this exploration tier just suddenly got very very tedious yeah and it's not fun anymore <laughs> mm -hmm. and there's no reason for it aside from just mechanical wise yeah. your players are now exhausted yeah <laughs> like like again if you, listener if you jumped ahead and you're thinking oh no you're still in spoilers no you're fine now you're fine um <laughs> like like in, in in tomb of annihilation because this is not spoilers you're good. uh there i if I, I think if I ran the uh, travel the way they wanted it, not only would I not have been able to build the plot that I did and the foreshadowing that I had, uh, it we still be running that game. Yeah. And that was in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the map that's in our room right now. And I we literally mapped out like where what hex they covered every single day yeah and suddenly I mean, I there's still... like huge gaps and that's when they flew <laughs> yeah like like i would still do that but i'd be like okay three days later you mm -hmm. you get through here and, and you find this and and this happens and stuff like that and, I, and like i i chose the ones that worked with what the players were doing what their plot was doing what I was trying to do with the overall plot, the fact that there is an extremely cool plotline character that is on a random encounter table hurts my soul. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you can do so much cool stuff with that. And there were so many things, like, again, going back to, like, the description and clues thing, like, 
that one character, you can do so many things to reveal their plot without them even saying anything. Yeah. And it's just so good. It, but again, it, it, it like bringing it back around, it comes to the players wanting to learn, but also the DM, you know, wanting them to learn and also giving them the ability to learn providing them the things that they can latch on to <laughs> yeah like like again i i think like i i think i really do think that this has like the the that description is in the backstage of this episode going <laughs> yes um <laughs> because again i i as a player can only see what is being described to me if it's not described to me then it, it, oh oh you know what I don't even know if I've told this uh, told the story before. It's been ninety something episodes. God knows. Um, <laughs> here, here's a good one. Mm -hmm. That is not spoilers or anything. This is from the Star Wars RPG I ran so long ago. A couple sessions into it, you know, there was a they, they were somewhere. There was a woman that was in danger because for one reason or another, there was like a gang that was after her boyfriend, something like that. And they would always, and they, and they, they were chasing her across this planet, and she got with them, and she's, and they're like, "Let's fucking go!" And so they took off, and they were asking her like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I described, she's like, uh, I said, uh, she sits there timidly, her, her, her shoulders kind of sunken, she, she's fidgeting a lot. There's, she keeps fidgeting with a ring that's on her hand, uh, spinning it around, and she divulges this information to you, and. I, the second time I mentioned the fidgeting, Kyle goes, wait, let me see that ring. And I had it written down that that ring was a tracking device. Ooh. And he took it, rolled a, uh, I think it was a mechanics check or something like that, got really high score, found the tracking device, opened up the hatch and dropped it out onto the planet. I I that literally cut out a bunch of plot that I had for that character, but I was like, I set the clues there. That was a thing that that happened, and you figured it out. Well done. I'm not upset about that. I will use that somewhere else. <laughs> they reward. But, they're not going to get accosted in space. <laughs> yeah, and and that and that's really the thing. Like if I had just put a tracking device in that woman's ring and never mentioned the ring. Oh. That would have almost been cheating. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a main thing, because um, I think a lot of DMs, especially I'll say first time DMs have trouble with is those kind of items and that kind of situation mm -hmm. where they have like this moment, this list of what ifs, like yeah. if this ring was never taken off this person, then they will be. Uh, tracked down into the depths of space okay yeah cool so then uh the ring is never found and then they're tracked and the big bad finds them okay that's a problem but then um certain dms will have the issue of being like well you guys never searched her and so uh it's like yeah hang on but what did you present to the players <laughs> yeah because uh, you have to give the players we mentioned this two-way street Players are willing to nab at anything. I mean, it's a meme at this point. You describe a tavern and you describe a particular stool. They'll be like, what the fuck's up with that stool? And yeah. they will nab onto every detail you describe. And so if you don't present a detail and you blame the players for not catching it, 
this is not a TV show, regardless of the connection we made earlier. They are not visually seeing it. What you're saying yeah. is what they're seeing. <laughs> yeah. So you have to describe everything if it's if it's pertinent as a visual clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this is a, a quick leeway into what we talked about in the very beginning. Clues. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if if there's an option to not have a fight, but you don't present any clues towards that option, then it's not an option. You have taken that yeah. away from your players. There, there's uh, the, the, the old Penny Arcade uh, podcast, which I really love, but I can't fully recommend you go back and listen to because they did not age well. Um, <laughs> but there, there's a really good part of it where, like in the first game, Perkins tells Mike to uh, roll a perception check. And um, Mike, uh, you know, he, he got a really high roll, noticed something and, you know, they figured something out. And Mike said, if I had been a better D&D, because this was his first game. If I had been a better D&D player, would I have known to make that check? And Perkins says, as a DM, it's sort of my responsibility to let you know when there's a possibility of you noticing something or when there's something there for you to see. Mm-hmm. And I, and that, that has, I, that is one thing that he's, he said in that, that has always stuck with me is yeah, the, you can't, like, they're not going to see it. They're not going to know it. And and then you might lose out on doing something cool. They might lose out on doing something cool and y'all might just end up upset. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, and this is where you use your player's strengths to, the best of your ability like spencer's character roland has observant he has keen mind mm-hmm. he he can his passive perception is like 30 something i swear to god <laughs> so if there's something that someone needs to notice i say roland make a perception check and that basically translates to roland you notice something because yeah. he's gonna roll something incredibly stupid high as we mentioned in a previous episode they're level 17 skill checks are useless yeah. so it's like <laughs> he's gonna roll it and he's gonna get it he's gonna pass it because at this point i'm i'm playing the game where it's like they're all expert level adventurers one of them is gonna notice something in their specialty i i think i said this during our original skill check episode but sometimes i use skill checks to decide who sees it first yeah yeah. And, like, if multiple people want to roll, yeah, sure, go for it. But, I mean, yeah. like, no matter what, Roland is going to see it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, oftentimes, like, uh, recently, and this is uh, spoilers for you, Spencer, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> recently, they came across, they're staying in a hotel in Waterdeep. Uh, and this is not spoilers for the game itself. I made this up. And it's this really shabby rundown hotel in like the Southern ward. And it's like why they're staying there because Twilight can cast magnificent mansion. It doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. And they come out one day and in the common room, uh, is a man that Spencer realizes, well, his character realizes he's seen the past three days. It's the only person that has been a common factor. Even Mm -hmm. the bartenders have changed. (laughs) he's like that's really weird i want to talk to him i'm like yeah go for it and like that is a plot point point. Mm-hmm. and i knew that spencer's character would recognize that mm-hmm. and i gave him that opportunity i didn't say like roll a perception check or like roll an insight i just told him it <laughs> yeah 
Because at some point, it's like you got to give your characters that chance. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's not an option if you don't give him one. Yeah. I will say there was one time where I did something similar to that, where I just had a character where I just described them, never gave them a name or anything. And they showed up several times. And I'm like, if any of y'all are uh, actually pay attention to police procedurals, you're going to figure out real quick who the bad guy is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the clue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, any uh, any last thoughts about uh, clues, descriptions, any of the numerous tangents we went on during this that somehow related to themselves? Um, if I have advice, it's write down the important bits you want your players to know yeah. and give it to them. Don't yeah. leave it up to chance. Don't leave it in a drawer that they'll never come across. Yeah. Just give it to them. Because one, yeah. you'll be thankful that they have that information. And two, they'll be very thankful that they have that information. Yeah. And three, it's not going to ruin the game because they know more. Yeah. Like you're you're in a you're in a fucking abandoned castle up on a hill and there's like a like a, a death knight that is wandering the the halls or anything like that. Death knight's going to talk not going to talk, but they need to know how this happened. Maybe scribbled in blood on the wall from one of her victims that she killed. Uh, it was just like um, you know, she turned on us or something like that. Something that it, that is a clue. Mm -hmm. to who that person is yeah. something like that and, and even if it was pre-written and that part wasn't in there you found a way to put a clue in it and and rooms can move that's true that's true <laughs> just because you have the room set up as one two three four doesn't mean they have to be presented in the order of one two three four yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I think here at the end, uh, we'll, we'll do a better announcement. Hey, we're doing one shots yeah. uh, coming up soon. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we, we haven't quite figured out how we're going to release them. If we're going to do them in split up episodes like we did last year or just put them up all in one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got some really cool people that we're going to announce sometime soon. So keep an eye out on our socials for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have, I have a lot of fun with mine. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're still getting the other one recorded, and it's gonna be a lot of, a good blast because again we got some cool, we got some really cool people people that I can't believe we got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think that I'm good. Do you have anything else for you? I I I am good. All right. Well, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass. And you can follow me on Twitter at alleybug321. And Trevor, where can they find you? At the Trevor, there is an A hiding in there. Mm -hmm. So until next week, have a good game.